OK. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to OK Podcast. My name is Hayden. And my name's Kamila. And today we have, I'm trying not to do an interesting topic because I say that all the time. <laughs> Our topic yes for today good we're going back to menhara ladies and gentlemen and everybody in between or beyond so recently if you are not aware there has been a very big debate over the phrase or term i should say of menhara versus yami kawaii um if you're interested in styles that blur the lines between dark and light you've probably run across a japanese term or a community called menhara we did an episode on it some time ago covering how the style could be therapeutic to its wearers. At that point, we described Menhara as a simple descriptor, meaning mental healther, and a word that can describe both the fashion of sickly cute and a community of people striving for better mental health. We also mentioned briefly the artist Bisco Izaki, the creator of Menhara-chan. In his Menhara-chan comics, topics such as suicide and self-harm come up in an attempt to say you can't hide your pain with cuteness and that these two things can exist together. Izaki recently made a statement concerning the use of the term Menhara by foreigners in his Tumblr post. Please understand the meaning of the word Menhara. On this misuse of the word menhera in the English-speaking world. I am Bisco Izaki, the artist who draws menhera-chan. I am a Japanese artist, but menhera-chan has started to become known overseas. And I am even going to be participating in Anime Expo in Los Angeles in July. I am very grateful for my foreign fans. However, recently I've been wondering if my Japanese has been misunderstood due to the language barrier. About the word menhera, if menhera-chan has caused this misunderstanding among you, I am very sorry. But menhera isn't the name of a genre or a culture. It is a derogative word that refers to people with mental illnesses. The actual name for the culture that you have been referring to as Menhera is actually Yami Kawaii, meaning a Yumi Kawaii style that is sick or ill. I want this knowledge to be spread to other countries. And there's a translator note at the bottom saying, Menhera is a clipping of Menheru Herusu, meaning mental health, with the final mora changed to ra to mean something more like one who does slash is. He has since started to distance himself from the term by altering previous blog posts. This brought a lot of confusion to the Western Menhera fashion communities since this is an artist a lot of people respect and it challenges what some of us thought Menhera to be. It's one thing to assert that Yamikwai is the proper term for the fashion part of the movement, but it's another to say that it's an insult and not the term for a culture or movement at all. 
Some Western participants wholeheartedly agree with his statement, while others bring up that it may be a ploy to get fans to use his coined term, Yami Kwai. Confusion definitely arises when he's participated in artistic events slash galleries, including the word Manhara in the title. So for this month's episode, we actually are going to be bringing on two guests instead of one, both with opposing viewpoints. This way we can get both sides of the debate and allow you to have unbiased input and be able to make the decision for yourself. But before we get into that, let's hop into our regularly scheduled program. Let's start off with our events that are coming up. First on our list is the Lolita Sale and Swap. This informal event is hosted by members of the Yoyogi Fashion Club in Atlanta, Georgia. Here's an excerpt from the event's description. Okay, kids, time to sell your stuff and buy someone else's stuff. Here are the details. One, we're going to try to contain this to a living room this time, so let's limit this to J-fashionable items. So a frilly blouse from Forever 21 or Doc Martin boots are fine, since they can be incorporated into J-fashion outfits. Craft supplies, home appliances, and human organs are not fine. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to include that in there because I, I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> The next event, which is another swap meet. Lots of swap meets going on because it's spring. We got to do spring cleaning. J Fashion pre-party swap meet. Come, meet, greet, and swap the evening before Paradiso's day one event. Which, surprise, I will be at Paradiso now. Woo! Yep. This relaxed event will feature J Fashion Swap Me and light refreshments. There will be tables and a few clothing racks for Swap Me participants to lay out their clothing items. This is a traditional swap meet. Just bring your items and get ready to swap and sell. You do not need to bring your own J Fashion items to participate in the swap meet just come by and browse for j fashion steals and deals if you like due to the relaxed nature of this event paradiso's formal slash j fashion dress code does not apply all paradiso ticket holders are welcome but you don't have to have a ticket to paradiso to go to this event you could buy the separate ticket for the pre-party Next, we have the Kauai Rebels Club swap me. Another one. The Kauai Rebels Club, which is the Chicago J Fashion community up here, is hosting the first swap me of the year. Join us and sell slash swap your J Fashion items with other members of the community. Discover new treasures and make new friends. The substation is located just one block from the Howard Red Line and the 22 slash Clark bus stop. And there's plenty of free street parking available. Refreshments will be provided provided with purchase. And then we've got OK Podcast Us. What? We will be at ASEN. What? With Heart Decora. What? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I'm going to be having a booth at ASEN. So, so this time I will not be affiliated with Lolita Collective. It'll just be a Heart Decora booth. And then I'll have Hayden helping me out with a few other people. If you remember our guest Peppa Yobe, from our previous episodes, they will be there as well. Yeah, and we'll be doing some impromptu interviews or, you know, just like, hey, how's it going on ASEN? And you look great. Tell me about your outfit sort of questions. (laughs) (laughs) If you remember our Anime Expo mini-sode that we did, it will be something similar to that, most likely with different questions, a bit of a different topic. And yeah, we'd love to see you guys come on by, buy some hard decor stuff, grab a couple of pics, say hi. We'd love to talk with all of you. Yeah, and I've come out with like 
a billion new things since last year. So if you came by the booth last year, there will be tons of new things. So next we are going to move on to our Kawaii Spotlight. The Com Digital Magazine. The Com Magazine is a showcase of the community living both in and out of Japan, which aims to bring everyone together in one online fashion hub. Shum operates the magazine directly from Tokyo, Japan, so you know you'll be getting up-to-date information right from the source. Uh, I just want to add that Shum is a shop girl for 6%. So you'll be definitely getting like the the straight news, all right? The truth. <laughs> <laughs> and Shum does like a whole ton of like other things. I I follow them on like Instagram and stuff and I'm just like, "Oh my gosh, this is amazing." Each issue will introduce you to members of the community, not just fashion-wise, but also an insight into who they are. The community is full of people of different backgrounds, and I want to represent everyone as an individual part of this worldwide collective. Whoever you are and whatever you do in this community, they want to represent you. Content will include photo shoots, events, reports, community member profiles, artist showcase, trending hotspots and much more. The articles will initially be published in English, Japanese, Italian, Spanish, and French to be accessible to wider audiences, but they hope to eventually publish in as many languages as possible. If you have any questions or would like to get involved with the com, please email contact the com at gmail.com. I wish we could podcast in French, Japanese, Italian, and Spanish. <laughs> well, they definitely have like have translators. Yeah. And I mean if we wanted to do that, we would have to have someone translated and just like type up type a, up a transcript of like mm-hmm. what we kinda said. Who but yeah. <laughs> but you can get involved or like they're looking for people to like interview or talk to about their style and community and then also anyone who can help translate. Next in our spotlight, we have the Cosplay Realm Magazine, issue number 14, the Kawaii issue. This issue features kawaii cosplayers, including the ever-popular Pixie Locks, a.k.a. Jillian, um, on the cover. You can buy the new issue on blurb.com. There is a digital and a physical copy. The digital is $10, and the physical, I believe, is $15. I believe that will include shipping and handling. Um, But if you would like a physical copy, I'm not sure if it is hardcover or paperback, but it looked to be hardcover in the pictures. So that'd be really cool if you are like super kawaii. And if you want like if it is hardcover, it would be a really cool coffee table book. Then getting into the fashion side of our kawaii spotlight and going hand in hand with our topic today, ACDC Rag has released a Bisco Izaki collaboration. There are two new shirts out. One of them is Sabukaru-chan and one of them is Menhera-chan. One is blue, one is pink, and is of Bisco's two different characters. They're really cute, and I really like the sailor collars that are on them. And the prints look to be uh, really high quality, as typical with ACDC. Yeah, and it even has, like, I feel like it has a little bit of a flare out in, yeah. in the shirt, too, to almost have almost, like, a dress tailor sort of feel, almost. I really liked it. Like, when I saw that they were working on this collaboration, I was just like, oh, that's cool. And it's like, if it's long enough for you, it's almost like an all-in-one <laughs> 
Yami Kawaii outfit. It's like, oh yeah, I just get this item and then you get some knee highs and some cute shoes. You're good to go. Easy peasy. And then we have great news for people who listen to our podcast. We have a Patreon now. You can support. You can find this on patreon.com forward slash okpodcast. It will be live by the time this episode goes out. You may know that okpodcast is a labor of love for Kamila and I. We do this on our own time, out of our own pocket. That includes uh, tickets to go to events, transportation, platform subscriptions like uh, my once a month payment to SoundCloud, SoundCloud, personal recording equipment that we might use at home, and a bunch of other things. When you sign up to become a patron, you are directly funding the podcast, as well as helping us make a career out of what we love. So if you guys do want to help support us, we only have one tier available, and it's only $3 a month. $3 if, like, 80 people do it can go an extremely long way, even if, like, five people do it that already covers um the soundcloud subscription yeah and we would be able to like go to more events and do more like on the ground reporting and then also have more like panels at different events that i'm not already tabling at so i have a badge for or something Mm -hmm. like we'll be able to just like visit more events and definitely participate in more meetups So when you guys do become patrons of us, we have a few different rewards that you get. You will be able to know the topics that we are going to be doing for the next month episode ahead of time. You will be able to know a bit about our guests that we'll be having on. And you will be able to contribute and vote on questions that we will be asking to our guests. So if you have any burning, yearning questions about that topic for that month, you can ask us and we can ask whoever our guest is for that month. The way that we want this to set up is that first we'll have an open poll of the questions where anyone can submit them on the mm-hmm. Patreon and then you as the other patrons can vote on your favorite questions. We'll narrow it down to about three or four questions that we will ask our guests for that month uh, if we do have a guest on for that month. I know occasionally we don't but if we don't we will make that known to you. And even if we don't have a guest sometimes we have extra information in our recording so we might be putting that up as like a separate thing for patrons to get the extra stuff that we didn't put on the record. In fact, we are <laughs> going to have some extra content up for this episode specifically. Kamila and I are going to be getting into our personal opinions on the topic of Menhera versus Yami Kawaii. So if you guys want to hear mm-hmm. what we think and what conclusions we've come to after these interviews, definitely check it out. Become a patron. Uh, again, it's only three bucks a month. Again, everything that we do for OK Podcast is out of pocket and it's a labor of love. So having your support is super helpful. And we don't want you guys to feel pressured into doing this. It's completely up to you. But if you do become a patron of ours, it would go a long way. And we really appreciate every single one of you. I know someone's going to do it. So thank you so much in advance. (laughs) (laughs) Thank y'all. So without further ado, we are going to hop into our guest segment of the episode. Today we have on Puvathel and Ray. Puvathel is a J Fashion brand creator of the brand Puvathel. Puvi herself has been interested in J Fashion since 2008 and became part of the community in college. 
Pubethel as a brand is about unleashed self-expression. Pubethel spans many styles, including punk, gothic, lolita, and manhara. Regardless of style, Pubethel items are loud, heavily inspired by the in-your-face aesthetic of American gothic fashion. Pubethel is in favor of the usage of the word manhara as she believes it is not inherently a bad term. And Ray is a freelance illustrator, and they use loud fashion to cope with their anxiety. Ray is not in favor of the term menhera because they wish to show respect to the people in the Japanese culture. Uh, Puvi, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hi, yes. Well, my name is Puvi Thal. I um, also run a fashion brand under that same name because I do a whole bunch of different styles and I couldn't pick a good name. <laughs> I personally dress mainly in American punk, but I also love Japanese Lolita, Manhara, Visual K, Gurukawai, and I design for all of these styles. And more recently, probably in the last year, I started really getting interested in Manhara because of um, personal significance to me. So that's me. Oh, and I'm based out of Pittsburgh in the U.S. Cool. So the first question that we have for you, well, you kind of covered it already, is what J fashion styles you take part in. So it's good to know that offhand. Yeah. And um, can you define Menhera in your own words and also what Yami Kawaii is in your own words? Certainly. Uh, So to start, in terms of the fashion and the aesthetic and the styling, Menhera and Yami Kawaii are both used very interchangeably. Um, and that's fine. It's kind of the interesting part is that the words came from two opposite sides of the spectrum. Yeah. So starting with yami kawaii, because it's a little bit simpler, is yami kawaii essentially is just sickly cuteness. And it's an adjective that describes things that mix cuteness with darker motifs and darker subjects. So yami kawaii describes everything that would be the menhara aesthetic. And it's just, you can use either of those words to describe that. But menhara actually started from the mental health community in Japan because there wasn't a word for describing mental health, which I'm sure I'll get into that Mm -hmm. a little bit later. First and foremost, Menhara describes the movement and the community Mm -hmm. of people in Japan who are working to better mental health treatment and they want better uh, mental health for everyone and better treatment for everyone, just bettering of life for everyone. They're people who seek mental well-being and the community promotes things that support mental well-being. So first and foremost, Menhara is this community and the movement which developed the style, but Yami Kawaii just describes the style. Okay, so why do you think uh, Menhara, the word itself, is or is not a slur or an insult? So Menhara, to, to start with this, a lot of, mm-hmm. why I believe it is not a slur is because it was created by the Menhara community. And uh, this, is, this is the one thing which is not an opinion. This is just a fact that I have mm-hmm. all the receipts for. Um, they originally, the Menhara community was a BPD board on mm-hmm. a forum. And they got annoyed because... BPD is not the only mental illness or mental illness issue, and it didn't describe them properly at all. Um, uh. And this has to do with the fact that in Japan, there wasn't even a word to really describe mental illness. Mm-hmm. So they just lumped them all in BPD. 
Um, okay. and so the community came together and was like, this is dumb. We need a new name. They came up with Menheru for the name of the board and changed the board to that. Yeah. And then uh, that was in 2000. And then around 2002, 2001, people started referring to themselves as Menhera, meaning um, someone who's seeking bettering of mental well-being. And that is that is a term that evolved as slang evolves in a community that evolved from the Menhera community for the Menhera community to give them a better word to describe themselves than just BPD. <laughs> okay, so um, I was wondering, um, in that case, why do you think the Japanese community, specifically Bisuko, the creator of Menhera Chan, believe mm-hmm. that it is a slur? Uh, so and I know, the, and I know you may not know the entirety yeah, of like, like the Japanese culture. Thinking, yeah, <laughs> but I was just wondering I, uh, if you had yeah. info on it. Some more info on it than you would think. Given that there, so the start off, the whole reason there wasn't a word for this at all Mm -hmm. has a lot to do with the fact that general Japanese culture is extremely, extremely negative and awful to mental illness and to Mm -hmm. chronic illness and all of these things. There's also, there's this huge belief that someone, if you're cute, if you're pretty, if you're kawaii, if you're into kawaii aesthetic and fashion, then obviously you can't have anything wrong with you and obviously you don't Mm -hmm. suffer, which is so, so wrong. Yeah, Um, yeah. And that's something that Izaki Bizuko actually wanted to address with Minhara-chan is that No, the cuteness is not, you can't hide in cuteness. But going on from that, when the general Japanese culture found out that there was a word for this, because they everything they think about mental illness is like super negative, they started trying to use the word as a slur because oh. it's not that the word is negative, it's that to them, mental illness is this big negative thing. Um, and they mm-hmm. started doing that mostly in 2015, 2016. Okay. So the Menhera community launched a whole counter movement to keep the word still meaning menhera and actually they succeeded for the most part until uh, Bizuko came over here and is causing more confusion in the states. (laughs) Okay. I was a little long-winded. Sorry about that. No, 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 no. Please. No, no. That's really interesting because it, like, I got the sense that, like, maybe some people are using this word as an insult, and then there's some people who are just like, it's not an insult for them. Like, maybe it's like certain people believe, you know, want to change it to that, you know? Because from what you were explaining, there were people who like weren't very much for the use of the word as just a term to describe like people trying to better their mental health that there were some people trying to use it incorrectly yeah Yeah, basically but it is important to note that the general and the main population Mm -hmm. of japan like if you ask a random japanese person who does not know about the menhara community Mm. they may think it's a slur and they may have only heard it as a slur just like in america if you say lolita uh you get a lot of people pop up with little red flags Mm. so they've only heard bad things with that word yeah but that does not mean the word itself is bad i use the word in japan and got a weird response <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, don't do that don't go to random japanese yeah. people and use menhara just like you yeah. wouldn't go to a random american and use lolita <laughs> yeah i was trying to describe my inspiration for one of my shirts and so i was just like uh, i was inspired by like you know menhara and then it was just like ah <laughs> oh, no. oh, yeah no. and i was just like oh yeah i don't know like <laughs> 
<laughs> how to describe it a different way uh, <laughs> for this. But it was just like, that's like the only thing that I know. But it wasn't to like a random person. It was like someone that I knew, but that's Japanese and everything. So, so it was just like, uh? And they don't know that much about J fashion or anything. So they didn't understand what I was trying to say. Yeah, so it is like something. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not it's not a word you'd use with everyone, that's for sure. But yeah, uh, the root of like, it's not a reclaimed word. It's not a word. It's not even it's rooted in English. It is actually based off of mental health or the English word because we had an English word phrase mm -hmm. for it and which fit properly. And so the Japanese took it and made it work for them. That's the thing. That's also another special note on this is this whole conversation drama. This isn't really it's not the same thing in Japan because mm -hmm. these communities already did all their work to push yeah. and keep the word from devolving online into its own thing. So what was your reaction to Bisco's statement on the term menhera? Uh, I guess like I just like really just face palmed, double face palmed, and was like, oh my god, now we have to deal with this. Though originally I didn't think it was gonna be a, such a big deal because mm -hmm. um, so one of the things that I have been pushing a lot is getting people not to say Menhera K because Menhera yeah. K is that and is like has only been used for derogatory purposes. Mm -hmm. And when I posted about that, everyone was just like, well, that's just your opinion, man. And I'm like, it's not. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. not. And now everyone's like mad because Izaki Buzoko said this thing. And I'm like, why do you why are you guys upset now? I don't understand what's going on. So what would you describe uh, the differences between, and I think we already covered it, but we didn't get into the nuances or the, the why factor of it, but why, in your words and your opinions, is it more appropriate to use Menhera instead of Menhera K? Um, well, Menhera K was never used by the Menhera community. K is, uh, when you suffix that to something, it's like saying a stereotype or things associated with that word stereotype. So mm -hmm. when um, the Japanese affix K to Menhera K, they're talking about negative stereotypes of the mentally ill. Mm -hmm. And Menhera K as a phrase itself is often used to demean people's issues with mental illness. And it's actually used uh, a lot very sexistly, like how in the US people say when women try like to feminazi bring up... sort of stuff. <laughs> it's like when you try to bring up a problem you have as a woman people say are oh, you just being crazy or just on your period mm -hmm. sometimes menhera k is used like that that has never came from the menhera community like that but menhera itself was created by the menhera community yeah mm -hmm. it was created by the community and then because of because of the bad connotations of being a i guess a part of that community it doesn't even have anything to do with the community the community formed first out of there being the problem yeah that Japan's culture is so so like but I'm trying so to awful like to explain why in the general populace like you can't come up to someone like why is it not a neutral term and I'm just saying like is it because the taboo around mental health that a term that is supposed to be a like a neutral term of like describing people facing mental health obstacles and things like that 
you know, is being used as like an insult. I guess at one times. thing that's important to note, which is something I learned as a result of learning more about this, is in Japan, like there, there's no neutral no, or okay. positive mental yeah. health connotations at all. It's all a hundred percent ultra negative. It is like dark ages over there in relation mm-hmm. to mental health. So anything that's tangentially related to mental health by the general Japanese populace is going to be seen negatively, which is why the Manhara community formed because they want to change that. Okay. Okay. And so have you heard anything similar before, like any similar arguments about like using Yami Kawaii instead before Bisco's statements? No. And the reason being there's, there's legitimately nothing wrong with using Yami Kawaii to describe the fashion and the style itself because mm-hmm. it is Yami Kawaii. Like it's just, you can use the words interchangeably. Mm-hmm. And to be fair to Izaki Bizoko, Yami Kawaii is a phrase that he made more popular because of the artwork he does that he describes as such and that's like there's nothing wrong with using Mm -hmm. that word the problem that i have is people now demonizing the word menhara which Mm -hmm. menhara first describes the community community, it doesn't first describe the fashion it describes the community and when you say hey you community who've been working so hard to change things and to better people's mental well-being your name your name that you pick for yourself that's a bad word now that's like to me it reminds me a lot of how like the swastikas were basically stolen Mm -hmm. from Indian culture mm-hmm. because the Nazis use it like that's what it feels like it feels like when you say that menhara is a bad word to use you're taking this word that they created for themselves and you're like just putting it in the dirt <laughs> so mm-hmm. I, I guess my question and this is going off of the questions that we have pre-written what is your opinion on using the word menhara for any type of yami kawaii fashion sense like are you in support of it do you not support it like do you think it should just be descriptive of the mental health community there or is its use as a fashion denotation okay so for me one of one of the arguments here which is not something you directly brought up but i will bring up is some people have been saying that we should split this fashion style from the mental health movement which is kind of where a lot of the yami kawaii argument comes from Mm-hmm. And I vehemently disagree with this because I feel that the style evolved directly from the Menhara community mm. as a part of the movement and of the activism. And I think without the connotations of vent art, without the connotations of we're doing this art as part of activism, I think it just really becomes meaningless. And most mm-hmm. Menhara artists, even like all the Western Menhara artists, we all feel the same way. Like we mm-hmm. don't do this style just for the aesthetic. We do this because of the personal meaning and because mm-hmm. of the activism involved. So when you separate the two, I feel like it's very disrespectful. Now that part is an opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is definitely opinion that can be argued. That is not a fact, yeah. but that is what most of the Menhara artists feel like. Okay, okay. That makes sense. Like, I, I understand, like, why you would feel that way. That's a good reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, why do you think Bisako would say would say the statement that he said, given the name of his character, Menhara-chan? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, to start, I will say on Bizuko's statement, so people in the U.S. are taking it, like, he said something very, very, very negative about Menhara, which he didn't say something, like, so strongly negative about Menhara. I don't mm-hmm. think his statement necessarily is saying that it's, like, a curse word. His statement He said is it really, was derogatory. Yes, he said it was, like, derogatory, but to me... That means like he his connotation is like mm-hmm. calling someone stupid. It's not like here we're like, oh, it's like calling someone the B word. That's what we're taking it as. Mm-hmm. Um, so to start off, he doesn't mean it that strongly. 
Mm. And secondly, he has copyrighted the phrase Yami Kawaii, mm-hmm. which is which is so crazy, which yeah. because that phrase is like a very generic phrase. Mm-hmm. He's copyrighted it. Well, and if you want he everyone to trying use to become it, a Yami Kawaii fashion we? icon. <laughs> <laughs> like so to start he's not Minhera and he doesn't necessarily know the proper roots of Minhera mm-hmm. but also like he has some money in the game here where he's trying to get people to say Yami Kawaii so that he can be the ringleader he actually just recently I was just laughing with some friends there are some I, there's an idol group that uses Yami Kawaii as a phrase in a lot of their things uh, and he just sent them a cease and desist and is making oh them gosh. change all their names that's <laughs> like, really that kind of sucks. Um, yeah. yeah. So- Hi, guys. Future Hayden here. Poovy did want to add real quick that there is no proof that Bisco has copyrighted the term other than him making claims that he owns, quote unquote, the style and some suspicious takedowns. It's possible that someone else has copyrighted the term and is behind the takedowns. But Puvi themselves and other Western Menhera artists believe that it's Bisco. Another note is he's just 22 and he is trying to figure out what to do with his new popularity and how to like properly put himself where mm-hmm. he's at. I am very annoyed with him, but I don't think that like he's an evil person or anything like that. I just think he's making some very, very dumb decisions right now. <laughs> so yeah. your opinion on the statement is that it may, may have come from a place of ignorance, correct? Mm partially from a place of ignorance but also partially from he stands to benefit if mm-hmm. he can get everyone to use yami kawaii uh, if you look at some of his older that... posts like he has talked about menhera um in the sense that it's not derogatory because he literally named menhera chan like on that so he yeah. know he knows it's not like super derogatory or anything even mm-hmm. if he doesn't know the real root of the meaning yeah that was what kind of made me torn about this because he is still benefiting off of use of the word in his business. Yeah, I'm kind of trying to figure out because like Manhara, he was saying like Manhara is not the name of a culture or movement. And I'm just like, so like he really like stripped away like everything else that was like, you know, the main reason why, you know, people want to use Manhara because it's like, oh, I feel like I'm a part of this community that's trying to like help each other. And then he's saying like, you know, someone from Japan, you know, has a character that's almost like the poster child for this as far as internationally. And it's just like, no, it's not anything. It's just a derogatory term which is like you're saying it like maybe it's more has a connotation of like stupid or like you're being crazy you're you know whatever something like that so I feel like in that way he did say something kind of like I guess like bad about Minhera because he kind of just stripped all of the I guess the importance importance of it. It's such a kick in the face too because it's not just that Minhara Chan is popular with the international audience in this. Mm -hmm. It's it's popular with the Japanese Minhara community. Like they love it because uh, Minhara Chan is a very Minhara story. It came Mm -hmm. from a very Minhara place. Uh, Izaki Buzoku was upset that people were using kawaii culture to hide and to avoid dealing with their problems and he didn't mm-hmm. like that he said no you need to you need to you can't use cuteness to hide so i'm going to use cuteness to show you that there is a darkness in it yeah. and that's such a like that's such a from the heart yeah, awesome that's like Manhara something thing. i can <laughs> it's I can really sad to see him doing this yeah. when he 
really created Minhara Chan with this in mind. Mm-hmm. What would be the harm in just using yami kawaii as a term? Uh, the couple of arguments I have heard for just using yami kawaii that I don't completely hate is uh, somebody, some, a few people have suggested that because they are not Japanese or part of the awful, awful Japanese struggle that's happening right now, that they feel it's disrespectful. And while I disagree with that, I am okay with that argument. My personal feeling on it is Menhera is about bettering mental well-being for everyone. It's not mm. just about those with mental illness. It's It includes things like just stress management for people who just mm. have a hard day at school. It's, it doesn't have to be just for the people who consider themselves ill or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that is that is something I'm kind of okay with. A lot of a lot of the other the, the other argument which I talked about earlier is people mm-hmm. talking about splitting the style from the community, which I'm like, <laughs> but in general, like both terms are adequate. It's not if someone calls their style yami kawaii, it's not wrong. Yeah. Okay, I understand that. I just wanted to know, like, do you get the sense in the fashion community part that, like, people feel like, because you were saying, like, oh, Manhara, you know, is for, like, betterment of all, like, mental stressors and things like that and try to, like, you know, better all of ourselves. And Manhara sometimes has that connotation that, like, unless you have been diagnosed with a mental illness that you are not really Menhera. Like oh, see that is so sometimes I get Menhera. <laughs> yeah. So, sometimes I get that feeling. Um and so I'm just like just wanted to know like did you ever feel like there's a I don't know, a feeling in the air that's kind of like that or is that just like oh maybe a few people are like that. Um there's definitely people who are like that, but none of the Menhera artists are like that. Mm-hmm. The Menhera community itself is very very much not like that. Actually uh Right now, one of the things, so while we're discussing this terminology in the U.S., (laughs) they are right now, what they're doing is they're suing fake medical sites that put LGBT as a mental illness. Uh, So, for example, LGBT, none of those are mental illnesses, but Mm. uh, there are a lot of strong LGBT, especially lesbian and bisexual um, motifs and tones in people's menhera art. Yeah, I see that. One of those... We want a better mental well-being for these people who are treated poorly. So uh, I would say to everyone, it's as long as you are looking from it from a stance of I want to destigmatize these motifs. For me personally, I love doing cute pill designs because I feel like we're told often that taking medication and being reliant on pills makes you uglier, makes you worse. And seeing it presented as cute and aesthetic makes me feel like medication will be more accepted. And if even if you're someone who's never used a pill in your life, wearing cute pill accessories like that still helps destigmatize that because it, you're saying, I like this, this is cute, this is aesthetic, and it doesn't make me ugly and it shouldn't make you feel ugly either. Yeah, that was a concern of mine because I was... And I'm trying to put this all into a scope of a Westerner so I can try to understand it better and try to put myself in uh, the Japanese culture's shoes and the people who are Japanese. I'm trying to understand what their arguments might be. And my concern with using menhera as a term when you are not diagnosed or you don't suspect that you have a mental illness was that it would be kind of like 
people going, oh my God, I just had to like put everything in order and clean everything up. I'm so OCD. <laughs> yeah, that. <laughs> that was my main fear that people yes. would start to trivialize it. I feel I feel that, but it definitely like it's not, it's not like a word like that where it means something like that. It just literally means someone who is seeking mental well-being. So if you're seeking better mental well-being, then you're menhera, and that's great. You don't have to feel like, oh, I'm not sick enough or something for menhera. Mm. That's kind of the whole point. The whole point is these are things that normal people have and they shouldn't be treated differently or weird and they shouldn't people shouldn't be outcasted we're all part of a big happy human race (laughs) yeah and for our last question do you think there's a chance that as a foreigner we might not be understanding the nuance in using this term i mean definitely that's definitely something that can be (laughs) that's definitely true I am not someone who speaks Japanese. If you asked me about any other Japanese word, I would know very little about it. Uh, But I think whether or not we understand the nuance of the word, um, understanding the nuance of the community isn't as hard because Mm -hmm. it's an activism community. And because it came from online, pretty much all of the communities evolving, all of it is online and we can read it, and I love FY Manhara for this. They go and translate the articles to English so that we can read them, and those are translated by people who know Japanese language right. and culture very well. All right, well, that wraps up for this segment of our guest interviews. Thank you so much, Puvathal, for coming on. We really appreciate it, and we really take your opinions and ideas and explanations on this to heart. Ditto. <laughs> <laughs> Hayden said all the things. Thank you so much for letting me come and talk. It just, I was getting so frustrated, like, ah. No, of course. Yeah, yeah, this this is great, because there's just, like, a lot of different, like, feelings that people have, and I feel like it's, like, you know, the goal of OK Podcast to kind of just, like, chronicle all of our, like, Western feelings. (laughs) Yeah, this is definitely a platform podcast. Yeah. (laughs) It's not just like, so we're going to talk about this. We're not going to talk about anyone else's opinions, just the two of us. We, we're we not like that. Yeah. Because even we don't know everything. We're right, like, right. We, we talk about this stuff beforehand. We're like, you know, I honestly don't know about that. Like, I, I'm going to have to look up on that and I'm going to have to yeah. do research. Yeah. There's we, lots yeah. of people who just, like, see the thing and they just want to, like, ignore it. For, like, a second, I was going to do that because I'm just like, I don't dress in Manhara, scroll, don't need to look at this. But I'm just like, you know what? Like, we're involved in J fashion. And even if, like, we're not dressing in that particular style, we should try to, like, dissect why certain words are being used, why certain styles came to be, and um, how all these things, like, intersect with our cultures and social um, issues. So, mm. I Yeah, think, and yeah. I appreciate it because um, what's happening right now, which is a large part where there's a lot of confusion, is there are a lot of people who aren't researching and don't realize that Menhera is actually an activistic kind of community first before it's mm. a fashion, who are doing like kind of like Nurse K outfits mm-hmm. and mm. like heavy makeup and saying a bunch of stuff. And I'm like, no, <laughs> no, do your research, See, learn stuff. <laughs> it no. can help people. <laughs> no, I'm kind of contemplating myself because a while ago I was thinking, I was like, man, I want to take like, because I am 
uh, diagnosed with general anxiety disorder mm-hmm. and depression not otherwise uh, specified. And so I do take medication for it. And I was like, hmm, I want to make my pill bottle cute. Because you know what? (laughs) These pills are ugly and I want like my life to be happy and they are making me help. They're helping me be happy. So I don't want my pills to be ugly and sad. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. One person I know is working on a a HRT, a testosterone themed coordinate with like (gasps) syringes. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is amazing. I love it. (laughs) Yes. Oh, my God. I'd like to also add that it also doesn't have to be that deep. Um, we, you can also do a coordinate on just like, school is stressing me out and I hate it. You can do a coordinate on that. I did a coordinate <laughs> on birth control that I love because it was hilarious. So <laughs> I would love to see that. I just followed you on Instagram. Is it on there? No, because I didn't take any photos of it because it was at Teco when I was dying oh, during the fashion yeah. show. No! Oh, well, no. Kamila has some pictures from there, so maybe I'll see if I can find them. I'll take a picture of it eventually and put it up online. Yes. Again, thank you so much. We really loved having you on, and maybe we'll have you on again in the future. Yeah. Sure. Thank you so much, too. And I look forward to listening to the whole podcast later. Yeah, of course. Thanks, Poovy. Hi, Ray. How are you doing? Hi. So the (laughs) first question that we have to you is, what J fashion styles do you partake in? Just want to get to know you. Mostly, and for about the past eight years or so, I have mostly done Lolita and Ghetto style. Oh, cool. Um, which are pretty much like two opposite ends of the spectrum, so it's been <laughs> really satisfying. <laughs> but I've also dabbled in other stuff throughout the years, including Yummy Koei style. Oh, v- awesome. Very cool. Can you define Menhera in your own words and also what Yami Kawaii is in your own words? So um, personally, and this is just, you know, obviously based on from what I've learned and what I've collected, you know, over the years, I choose to disassociate the term menhira from clothing or a style altogether. Mm -hmm. And personally, I choose to disassociate from it altogether. Mm. But that's just me. But Yemikoi style to me has always been the, you know, cute, dreamy look and silhouette of like Yumekoi or like a fairy cake girl or whatever person and Mm -hmm. um but with coordinated with often like black or with dark colors or dark elements like uh grotesque or painful imagery or creepy imagery or you know it could be you know medical or mental health themes or both or none at all and just you know pastel colors on black you know whatever something like that (laughs) okay every person chooses to dress differently so uh what is your reasoning for thinking that menhera is a slur or an insult basically from what i've come to understand it just is you know that's from what i've heard personal accounts of japanese people saying that it is and that's pretty much all i need you know right (laughs) they say that it is i don't have any right to argue because i don't know Okay, yeah, that totally makes sense. What was your reaction to Bisco's statement on the term menhera? So I honestly hadn't seen it until Kamila sent it to me for this interview because I didn't really follow him super closely. Yeah. Um, But after I read it, it was, you know, and I actually said this, I was like, this is basically exactly what I've been saying for years, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, like, um, you felt like it was it was just, like, an articulation, well, like, another articulation of how you've always felt about the term Menhera. 
more or less what I've personally felt, but more just what I've come to understand it as, mm. you know, what I've come to understand that it is okay. or what it means to people. It took me, it was, I was taken aback when I saw people in the West using it and uh, I was trying okay. to explain why I was unhappy about it. Um, yeah. But that kind of was, yes, an articulation um, from not only a Japanese person, but an influential person in the fashion yeah. saying exactly what I had been trying to say. You know, that was refreshing, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So when did you, like, start hearing, like, the usage of the of the word and then kind of create your own, like, opinion, which is like, whoa. I saw the style very vaguely from Japan online mm-hmm. um, years back. And then I really kind of thought when I saw it, you know, this is something that's going to go overseas. People overseas are going to want to wear this. Mm-hmm. So I started to do my research on it. So I already had an opinion based about the word before I saw people start using it. I've kind of forgotten if I'm answering your question or not. <laughs> oh, no, I don't. <laughs> what was the question again? No, I think you did. Cause I just asked like, when did you start looking into the fashion? And then, cause it was very, interesting that when you heard about the fashion or saw it it was before people started really using the word menhera to try to describe it in the west at least in the west oh, at yes. least yeah um i would definitely say that um at least it seems like to me the style has been being worn far before they started attaching the the slur to it you know or the oh, word okay and when i saw it start coming around i immediately saw the word saw somebody saying this is a slur and it's not nice to use so please don't use it oh, you know okay. yeah like as a disclaimer like they were using it but they were saying you know don't just throw this term around because yeah. not everybody's going to appreciate it and i was like okay well that's all i need yeah and i hadn't quite seen it thrown around so much as it is here now yet so mm-hmm. it's surprised it surprised me how far it's come, you know. Yeah, yeah. I was curious on your opinions of the possible reclamation of the word, how I would say similarly here in the West, queer is still sometimes used as a slur for the LGBT community, but some people have reclaimed it as a self-identifier. I was curious as to what you think about that, but in the realm of the word menhera and uh, kawaii fashion. That's that is a good question, and I have to kind of wrap my brain around it to yeah take your time the answer to it. Comparison to queer or um, I don't know how obscene I can get with words here, but like um, you know like faggot for LGBT people. Mm. I think it's probably almost identical. Of course, I don't know because I am not. I am not a Japanese person. I'm not a mentally ill person living in mm-hmm, Japan facing mm-hmm. discrimination from that word. Mm-hmm, but right. from what I've come to understand, it's a word that was used to bully people. It's a word that was used to, you know, stamp it on a person's back and say, this person is this and they should be, you know, bullied or made fun of or teased or called names for that. Mm-hmm. And I think it's almost identical to queer or faggot here. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's probably not as extreme. Yeah. I don't know. It's hard to... Because um, there are so, like, endless articles online about um, families killing their mentally ill children or oh, whatever. wow. So okay. I can't quite say that queer or faggot is more extreme because mm-hmm. I just don't know. But yeah. I think it's just about probably equal. Yeah, it's really hard to, like, pinpoint like an exact equivalent in the English language without like being there and knowing like the feeling and 
um, someone calling you, like being experiencing it and seeing the exper- the use of it, because like you could, it could be something that's like a slight insult. Say if you use it, like, oh, that person's bipolar, you know, she's, mm-hmm. you know, and that's bipolar isn't like you know inherently a slur or a an, bad or thing. a bad thing. It's just like a description for like you know like a mental um, disorder. Is it at that level where it's like some people use it in a bad way, even though it's not it's technically a neutral term? Or is it like straight like someone saying like schizo, you know, or something like that? I think that that is actually a really good point. I don't think that there is an English equivalent Mm -hmm. quite to Manhattan. If anything, it's like calling somebody like a psycho. But yeah, but more mm-hmm. still, but it's it more severe than that. Yeah, exactly. But the thing about the bipolar thing or the schizo thing mm-hmm. is such a good point because for people here who are diagnosed with bipolar um, disorder or mm-hmm. with schizophrenia, mm-hmm. it could prevent them from getting a job, or it could yeah, prevent people true. from being friends or in a relationship with them just because yeah. they are stamped with that label. Mm-hmm. And I think that it seems from what I understand, that mm-hmm. Minhita in Japan is very similar to that. If you're, you know, deemed a mental helper, then you're kind of, you know, a leper, even though that's an awful yeah, and outdated you, word. Yeah, it makes you look like you're, like you're broken. Yeah, my main fear was that Menheta as a term would be misappropriated by Westerners, especially those who are not mentally ill or neurotypical, and be like... Oh, I'm so Menhera. And it's just like, you don't understand the struggles Uh, of a mentally ill person. Yeah. Or just distilling it. severely feel like that is what's happening, too. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Or just, yeah, distilling it to the the fashion and not really, like... The context behind it. Mm -hmm. So I guess we already went over, like, our next question was going to be, like, have you heard anything similar before? Did you have anything to add on that? I think I pretty much already went over what I was going to say for that. Well, let me see. No, I didn't really have anything super exciting or heavy to weigh in <laughs> on that question. It's all right. I think we've we've got some good conversations so far. So um, our next question is, um, why do you think Bisco would say what he said, given the name of his character, Manheta chan Okay, so I do have a thing and I have to say about that. Um, <laughs> you kind of like semi already mentioned, but I didn't want to go too far into it because that is like my answer for this question. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a lot of people are kind of going after him for this and saying, you know, oh, well, if you say that, you shouldn't have a character named that because, of course, people are going to use it, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But to me, it's just all about reclaiming. You know, that's um, from my perspective, that looks like exactly what he's trying to do. And that Mm -hmm. it was um, taken incorrectly, you know. Uh, I think that he was meaning to reclaim the word in a way by giving this name to a character who is cute, who is admirable, who's aesthetically pleasing, and who's powerful. She's like a magical girl, right? mm -hmm. So she's got power. She's attractive. She's a good character. And everybody loves her. Everybody who sees her is like, oh, man, that's a great character. But then she has this name that correlates with, like, really awful, mean, it's a mean word. Mm -hmm. So I think really, all in all, he was just meaning to reclaim it. But that was kind of lost in translation whenever she got popular overseas and people who had never heard the word before or didn't know what it was Mm -hmm. started using it. 
because of this cute, pretty character, you know? So do you think it was appropriate or inappropriate for him to make his statement while he was trying to reclaim or, as we presume, Mm -hmm. reclaim this term and then say not to use it? I think that it was fully appropriate because while he might be trying to reclaim the term, he understands, I think, in saying that and letting out that um, release or whatever, that other people don't know that that's what he's doing Mm. because other people don't know the meaning of the word. So I think that he really realized that people were just kind of throwing it around and not really understanding the context of her name or, you know, the meaning of the word because it does have a gravity to it. And I think that he was starting to realize that and was just saying, you know, hey, I'm using this word, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you should. I understand that. Like, it's kind of like, it makes me think of uh, those uh, K-pop stars that try to use the N-word because they're like, oh, yeah, this is what, you know, we hear in the rap songs in America and stuff. And it's Uh... kind of like they don't understand that, like, this is like a like reclamation of a very horrible word and it's like (laughs) other people can't even use it in our own countries so it's kind of like i was trying not to um bring up the the that slur because i feel like that's like the grand yeah that's the grandest super severe yeah and i don't know and i don't know if like Minhera's like even anywhere close to that probably not but it's kind of like a similar situation of just like oh someone trying to reclaim the word but internationally it being like oh well we don't super understand that like it's not like a that bad thing right or like it's kind of like maybe they're having similar (laughs) conversations in like Korea or something over different words like this (laughs) yeah I actually that was like my exact answer for um a following question you know Uh, I was saying um I think that because it isn't a slur here and it Mm -hmm. isn't a slur against people here it kind of loses its gravity so we just throw it around and we think oh well it was never used against us so it doesn't matter to us if it's a bad Mm -hmm. word and i was gonna say which i think is a very common thing here (laughs) yeah not to throw some shade but it's true (laughs) People here do that quite often with a lot of words that they're told are mean words and they just don't care. Well, I was wondering what you feel that Bisco is trying to reclaim in using the word menhera, but then not letting other people use it. Because in my mind, when we're talking about reclamation of words, Mm -hmm. I think trying to normalize it and take power in it I guess how I have come to understand this issue is that the context behind Menheta is trying to reclaim it so that mental health is not as stigmatized. So I'm just trying to wrap my mind around trying to reclaim something and assuming trying to destigmatize something, Mm -hmm. but then not allowing people to use it because of that stigma, which I feel just perpetuates that stigma. If that makes sense. I I realized I just kind of went on a really big, like, (laughs) a roundabout way of explaining because verbalizing this is a little difficult. I was just going back through to read his statement again so I could really be clear on um, what I'm going to say about it, you know. Yeah, go on ahead. Yeah. 
I don't think that what he was meaning to do is to say that you are not allowed to use menhira, because nowhere in his statement does he say, please don't use this word. I don't mm-hmm. think. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, he no nowhere in the statement does he say not to use that word. Then I he then... explains the meaning of it. He explains oh. the purpose of it, mm-hmm. but he yeah. never says don't use this. He just says I want you to understand what this means, okay. which I think is um, the best way, you know, mm-hmm. because like I was saying, people here have a tendency when they're told not to use something because it's offensive to other people. They just shake their head and turn the other way and keep saying it anyways. Mm. But I think that really just draws into being told that they're doing something wrong or being told not to do something that they want to do. They'll do it anyways. They're adults. They'll make their own terrible decisions, you know. But explaining to them instead why they shouldn't use the word but not insinuating that they're not allowed to use the word, I think is genius. Because yeah. then they're going to have that own their own guilt weighing on them about using a word that they know is mean and th- just using it anyways, you know, rather than yeah. just thinking, oh, well, they told me not to use it. How dare they, you know? Yeah. I don't know if that's a little rough, but to me, it just seems like people behave that way. I don't know. Oh, okay. Like, and then I apologize for uh, misremembering. Like, that's on me. I should have re-reviewed the... Um, well, the I think that's how no, a, lot okay. think that a lot of people interpret it. thought that that's what he was saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, I think part of what he's saying is that, like, because he's talking specifically to to foreigners. And I think, yeah. like, are we able to help reclaim this word at all? Because we don't even have a an parallel phrase. Yeah, an, a parallel phrase here. Like, um, what I brought up with um, the Lolita comparison was that at least... In um, Western countries, like, we we know what Lolita means. Like, as far as, like, the book and everything like that, it means something to us still in our culture. Whereas yeah. Menhera doesn't have the exact equivalent. And we don't know what that means. So we, we I don't know how much we would be helping in the process of reclaiming it as, like, a foreigner like living outside the country or even just like visiting the country or something like that, we wouldn't be really helping destigmatize it. Um, I fully agree with that in a way that I didn't want to say this before, like whenever I was commenting on that post or when I was talking with you or mm -hmm. writing notes or anything, I never said, you know, but I do kind of believe in my heart that if you are wearing this style and you are wearing it in the way that um, you know, Menhera or Yami Kawaii has been advertised with mm. this specific kind of style, the specific kind of silhouette, the specific kind of aesthetic and look. Mm-hmm. You have to, if you are um, a foreigner, you live overseas, um, you have to admit that at least on some level, you are just doing it for the aesthetic. You are just doing it for the look and not mm. doing it to reclaim anything or raise awareness for anything. In my opinion, this style is so Japanese-centric. The way that it's worn, the themes that it has, the people who wear it, the words for it, they are all so Japanese-centric and tailored to raising awareness to a Japanese society that to wear it the way that it is advertised and the way that it's styled now overseas, you have to admit on some level that you're only doing it for the aesthetic. Not only maybe, but you're doing it for the aesthetic and not for the awareness. 
but well, well, par- well like that you're not yeah because you want to raise awareness but it's just not raising awareness for your country the way that your country needs the awareness you know what i mean mm-hmm. i don't know i guess i understand like i guess the tools it's not having the same effect like you're not going to be able yes. to have the same effect and impact that it would um hold in um in japanese culture as it would here like here yes, it's kind of just like oh okay you're just wearing some gory weird stuff all right yeah. and like they kind of like maybe not are thinking about you know like oh we should really try to destigmatize like or think about oh this person has like is wearing pills why are they wearing pills like yeah, yeah. medicine what huh and also the thing is that um mental health kitsch clothing you know mm-hmm. or a mental health romanticizing clothing mm-hmm. in the u.s and in western cultures is already a big thing yeah and it's true. already a thing that like people in mainstream fashion wear yeah or that designer brands pump out mm-hmm. so wearing that style here won't be shocking at all and especially here in the u.s where people Uh, like where I am, people in society are really encouraged to stand out and be individualistic and be unique from everyone else as best as they possibly can. In Japan, it's not like that. It's very societally driven. Everybody should work together as a unit, be uniform Mm -hmm. and, you know, work for the common goal. Here in the U.S., it's every man for himself. Be individual, be interesting, have people interested in you. Yeah, that's true. So that will really be lost in translation because people who wear it here they're just going to be a person wearing funky clothes, you know? Mm -hmm. And they're not going to be, this is shocking and out Mm -hmm. of the ordinary, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Because people already wear crazy things all the time here. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's not not like all the time, but when we do want to wear something out of the ordinary, we're just like, yeah, OTT, we love that. Yeah, I noticed that a lot of, like, the Western communities are just like, what about the OTT styles where we can wear everything super big crazy? Like, we love that. And then, like, whenever we see a style kind of, like, becoming more minimalized, they're just like, we're just like, no. (laughs) Like, we kind of, like, don't appreciate appreciate that as much because kind of like the western attitude is like you know if you're gonna be different you know go big or go home mm-hmm. absolutely <laughs> um so what would be the harm in just using the menhera term to i guess like refer to the fashion rather than yami kawaii what would be the harm in just walking up to any homosexual or transgender person and calling them a faggot, assuming that they are willing to reclaim mm. the term? Mm. <laughs> I personally identify as queer. That's mm-hmm. a word that I use for myself all the time because I think it's great and I think it fits my personality. Mm-hmm. But I have a lot of friends who absolutely hate that word mm. and are extremely offended whenever you call them that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I think it's dangerous in a way. To just yeah. assume that everybody who's wearing these clothes wants to be called a minheta. Especially because people who are influential in the fashion have told us now, don't use this term, it's offensive. So now it's not just random people saying that it's offensive, it's people who wear the fashion saying that it's offensive. I think the harm in it is just, you know, blatantly disregarding people's pleading you not to use it (laughs) just because you want to i think it's selfish or out of uh i guess someone trying to be like accurate at the very least i guess 
understand that. Do you think there's a chance that as foreigners, we might not be understanding the nuance of this term? And I think we kind of covered that, but I think I'd like to go in depth. Yeah, actually, the answer for this question I chose to throw in earlier because it was going along with what we were saying. (laughs) But I think that there's probably more I could say. I mean, like I was saying, you know, here, especially in the U.S., we have a tendency to, you know, pick a word, start using it, and whether or not people want us to use it, we'll just keep using it because we want to. Mm, And while that's problematic and really common, I don't think that's the extent of the issue. I really think that... It's so hard to explain because I don't want to just sit here and be like, oh, you're doing everything wrong. You're awful. (laughs) I chose to distance myself from the Mm -hmm. people here in the West and in the U.S. who have been wearing this fashion. Mm -hmm. Because when I did try to join the communities, I popped in and they were just mental health romanticizing, mental health glorifying, throwing Mm -hmm. men head at every two feet you would find it, you know. Mm -hmm. And... It was frustrating because every every two posts in the group, it was another person saying, you really shouldn't be using this because it doesn't belong to you and it's hurtful to people. Mm. And they would just ignore it and keep going. And so obviously they aren't understanding the, the gravity of it. I'm just rambling. <laughs> no, it's okay. I mean, I mean, is there a chance that we might just be like blown out of proportion? Or something like that. Like, because I'm thinking, like, Bisco did involve himself, as, at least, like, artwork-wise, in events that contained the word Menhera in the title of the, like, gallery event or something. And I'm kind of, like, thinking, like, huh, you know, why be involved in, you know, that event or something like that if you want to distance from the use of the word like, I'm kind of just trying to, like, oh, okay, like, maybe people are, maybe people in the West are feeling like, well, we're just trying to be, like, accurate to the community that, like, contributed to this style, like, by using the name, I, by using the term Menhera. So the, um, the blown out of proportion thing is a really interesting perspective. Mm-hmm. Um especially because I'm kind of really um, self-conscious about my opinions about this because mm-hmm. I'm afraid that I am blowing it out of proportion. You know? Oh, okay. At the same time, um, what else you're saying? The people in the West just want to be accurate. I think it's quite the opposite, mm. um, or at least the effect that it's having or what they're actually doing is quite the opposite. Uh-huh. Because if they really wanted to make the effort to be accurate and do what was asked for the style, you know, they would be using Yamikoi. There have been, you know, many documentaries you can find on YouTube about the style. Yeah. And they interview really influential models and yeah. designers like, like Bisco Refinery and Kuwayasuni. Mm-hmm. They all say Yami Kawaii. They true. don't bring up Menhida. So I think if they were trying to be accurate to the style, they would use Yami Kawaii. Yeah. And I don't really know where Menhida and the like aggressive need to use it in the West has even come from. Mm. And about the bicycle thing, and I'm going to come back around full circle with these two two things. Okay, yeah. <laughs> about no the bicycle thing, I think it's fully just he's choosing to reclaim the term mm-hmm. is what it seems like to me. And so he he will go to events that are, you know, labeled Menhida mm. because he's choosing to reclaim it. And probably the other vendors there or the other artists there are reclaiming it. 
Mm-hmm. But at the same time, and again, he hasn't told anybody not to use it. Right. He just wants people to understand that he's reclaiming it or that it's offensive and that they shouldn't just throw it around. Yeah, that it's and otherwise he's not saying offensive. it shouldn't be used. He's just saying, you know, he wants us to understand the gravity of the word. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but overall... I think even if he uses the word and uses the word for his character and he goes to events, you know, that are called Menhira, I think we're just not, we're not connecting him using the word for his art mm-hmm. and for his events and us using the word for our style or our community and why we shouldn't. Because we're seeing, you know, well, he's calling it this, but he's not. He's calling his art that. He's mm-hmm. calling his aesthetic that, but he's calling his fashion yamikoi. I just had a breakthrough. <laughs> <laughs> I I did have a relation. You y'all brought up the topic of glorifying mental health, and I guess it would be the imagery that's used in a lot of what people would uh, deem menhera art or menhera aesthetic, quote unquote. When I first came into contact with this Yami Kawaii aesthetic and imagery, I was concerned. I was really concerned about the glorification of self-harm and the glorification Mm. of harmful thoughts. And I thought about it for a really long time, and I did jump to some conclusions at the time. And I think what I have come to understand is that some people are at different phases of their mental health journey that I may have gotten past. And I think my assuming that everyone is on the same level as myself is unfair. And I think I've come to look at it more as event art type of art form and not so much as a glorification because there was times when I was like, when I was in my younger years, like in my early years of high school, where like I was drawing vent art pieces that had self-harm imagery and that had really, really, really depressing context because that was me at the time. Um, There was a lot of problems going on that I had to deal with and that was my way of getting my emotions out. So I guess I've kind of come to the conclusion that this type of aesthetic or this type of imagery, I I guess I want to view it as a a vent art and a Mm -hmm. self-gratifying thing as opposed to a glorification thing. I am so excited that you brought this up because when I was listening to your guys' past um, podcast episode about Mm Manhattan, I heard you say this. I think you said something like... um, there's a fine line between accepting who you are and getting yourself stuck in a rut mm-hmm. or something like that. And I wanted to touch on this and I didn't write it in my notes and I was like, oh, I just remembered. And then you brought it up. <laughs> so I'm really excited. Yeah, go um, right on ahead. You, your points, I really wanted to touch on that, but your points that you just said are such phenomenal points. <laughs> this is wear it on your body vent art. That mm-hmm. is the perfect Because it's so hard to describe what the style is supposed to be to people in the West, I feel like. And that Mm. is like, that is it, you know? And I think even to the people in Japan, it's hard for them to grasp the concept of because of their views of mental health. But also, um, I did want to touch on the, I didn't, uh, I didn't mean whenever I said mental health romanticizing or self-harm glorification or anything like that. Mm -hmm. I didn't mean which, you know, obviously trigger warning, by the way. (laughs) I didn't mean um, 
with the imagery that they're wearing or like, you know, needle necklaces or self-harm, self-harming characters on your clothing or whatever. Mm-hmm. I wasn't talking about that. Mm-hmm. I mean, whenever I joined the Western communities, like Facebook groups or kick chats or Instagram pages I followed or whatever, mm-hmm. they all had images of actual not like actual but like physical people with faked or even real self-harm cuts or bruises or burns or really sickly skeletal looking bodies and with like a pink filter over it and like a cute little Japanese quote over it Mm. and I was like what the hell this is not right this is not what this is supposed to be you know mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah that I does was, get like, into blown away to find that there which i guess would make sense in a way but that's just not that's not the intent you know and i was so like my my heart sank into my stomach yeah. when i saw that stuff on the western communities because i was like they really aren't getting it you know <laughs> Yeah, that can that gets into really scary waters really fast because I know that in the Western community, there is a community of eating disorder glorifiers who are like, Absolutely. I just threw up twice today. Aren't I awesome? And it's like, no, no. there's a problem and yeah. this needs to be addressed. And like, there's a difference between trying to like get your feelings out in a way that's healthy and just allowing it to happen to you and not doing anything to better yourself yeah and I think yeah I think yes absolutely first of all and also I think that these clothes are pretty much like for a lot of people they have been uh fashion in general um and j fashion for a lot of people and now menhina yummy kawaii style whatever has been that you know, gateway to recovery, that gateway to accepting, you know, this is where you are and you can feel better, you can feel happier than this, you know, Mm -hmm. by wearing the pretty clothes and wearing, you know, (laughs) I was going to say it's like, you know, wearing your brain on your sleeve. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You're showing people, you know, I really want to be happy, but I really feel really gross inside, (laughs) you know? Right. And I think that is super important for a lot of people and it's been really beneficial to a lot of people and I think that there are people using it for the wrong things you know that are using it to say you know look how ill I am isn't it cool isn't it aesthetically pleasing but I think the grand majority are not using it for that reason Mm -hmm. I want to say and I want to say that these kinds of pages and these groups um really are becoming like a hub for the people who aren't using it for the right reasons and that the Mm -hmm. people who are are kind of just on their own and doing it on their individual selves um Mm -hmm. and aren't really coming together in communities which i think is okay i don't think that you have to have communities for your clothes you know Mm -hmm. i mean not that it can't be beneficial to have a group of people who are interested in the same things as you but at the same time you know your clothes are your clothes and you can wear them on your own if you want to (laughs) Which I think is a lot of what the people in this kind of fashion are doing. I could definitely see that. We've gotten into some pretty deep topics today. I think that's going to wrap up this part of our podcast. Uh, What do you, our listeners, feel about this whole debacle that's going on? We'd love to hear your opinions on the term menhera and yami kawaii, how they should or should not be used. And... If you guys do get in on this in the comments, please, no fighting. Like, I don't want anyone going after each other. No personal insults about, like, oh, you look like that. Like, what? That's not. 
yeah. what the topic at hand is about. This is just about like thinking about the the fashions that we're using and the culture that we're getting this from. Yes. So again, we'd love to hear your opinions as long as everything in the comments remain civil. Please, let's keep this civil. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much, Ray, for joining us today. We really enjoyed having you on. It was really fun to be on. Until next time, my name is Hayden. My name's Kamila. And this has been OK Podcast. See y'all later.